ho, ho, ho. It's that time of the year again. That time when we all selfishly indulge our obsession for consumerist crap. But come now, let's not spread such cynicism during the holiday season since, as we all know, Christmas is a time of giving and cheer. And it just so happens that giving has more to do with capitalism than you might think. So what would Hayek say? I'm Scott Nelson with the Austrian Economic Center and Hayek Institute in Vienna, Austria. And this week, we're going to be taking a look at what Hayek has to say about capitalism and generosity. So Christmas is a great time of year. Do you know that Christmas markets, with their all their various wares and, and lights and mulled wine are actually a billion euro industry here in Europe. In 2014, for example, Germany saw 2.5 billion euros in revenue from its Christmas markets. And they're good for tourism too. Christmas markets in Brussels and Strasbourg see between 1.5 and 2 million visitors per year. The Christmas market on the Champs-Élysées in Paris has over 200 booths and over 15 million visitors every year. So you'd be forgiven for thinking that Christmas and capitalism maybe go hand in hand. And part of that may have something to do with what is at the heart of Christmas, namely generosity. Now, I want to start by saying a few words about the virtue, if you will, of, of generosity or liberality. I say virtue not just because many people, regardless of their political persuasion, believe that generosity is a good thing, but also because it was even classified as a virtue by one of my favorite thinkers, the great Roman orator Marcus Tullius Cicero. Cicero considered generosity or, or liberality to be one side of the coin of social virtue. The other side of that coin for him was justice. Now, liberality for, for Cicero is not the state giving people a lot of cheap stuff, whether in the form of subsidies or cheap money thanks to low interest rates. And that's because for Cicero, a virtue is something that is practiced from one individual to another. The state is not an individual, it's an abstraction. Liberality is when you, the individual, give to someone else. And that is, give something that belongs to you, right? It's not generosity if you give something that belongs to somebody else. Margaret Thatcher apparently once said that the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. But there's more to liberality for Cicero. And I think this is something that we should bear in mind today as well. For one, you should make sure that your generosity doesn't harm the very people it's meant to help. A perfect example of this is if you were to give drugs to a drug addict. But you should also be generous only within your means. It's not generosity if you give out a bunch of handouts only to have to turn around and raise taxes or steal the money to replenish your coffers. Cicero notes in this connection that a lot of people who act like this are not truly generous, but are in fact more interested in ostentatiously flaunting their giving. So one must be careful about how one chooses to use one's possessions. 
And it's a good thing that capitalism gives you that choice. Because contrary to popular belief, capitalism is not about selfishness. It's not inherently about selfishness. It's about choice. This doesn't mean that you, you can't choose to be selfish. Indeed, you can. The point, though, is that regardless of whether one is selfish or altruistic, the results are good for everyone. Someone who cares for little other than profit provides goods or services that other people want, regardless of their reasons for wanting these goods or services. The motives don't matter. But this is all common knowledge. I mean, this is, this is just good old Adam Smith. One of the other beautiful things about capitalism is that it actually makes people more altruistic. Now, why is that? To understand this, we need to look at what Hayek has to say about the open society, or the, the great society, or the market order, or catalaxy. Hayek has a lot of different words uh, for this phenomenon that he uses interchangeably. So as we discussed in a previous video, the open society is predicated on millions and millions and millions of people interacting with one another through the genius of the price mechanism. Prices are signals, signals that contain knowledge, knowledge about what people are willing to pay for, for goods and services. And the modern economy is predicated on the division of labor, which means that the modern economy is predicated on people interacting with one another without ever knowing one another. Now, in tribal societies, this sort of thing doesn't work since tribal societies are held together by bonds of loyalty. And you tend to have loyalty towards only those people whom you know. Which means that each unknown person is potentially a threat in a tribal society. In an open society, by contrast, each unknown person is potentially a business partner. So now, why is this? Because an extended order, a catalaxy, a market order, an open society promotes trust. It promotes trust because in order to do business, we must trust those whom we do not know. And if we must trust those whom we do not know, we also place a premium on looking after the welfare of people we don't know, the welfare of strangers. Far from being enemies, in an open society, strangers may even be friends one day. And this sort of mentality encourages us to be more generous to strangers. So there's a connection here between capitalism and generosity. And this makes sense because to begin with, you can't give something away if you don't have it. And capitalist societies are superior to all others in terms of the creation of wealth. But it's not just that there's a logical connection between capitalism and generosity. This, this connection is also borne out by the evidence. In 2020, for example, the top 10 most generous countries in the world, as measured by donations per capita, were Ireland, the US, the UK, Canada, Australia, the Netherlands, Italy, Luxembourg, Switzerland, and Denmark. Whatever differences of detail may exist between these countries, in the grand scheme of things, they're all 
prosperous, and capitalist. But it's not just capitalism. I don't want to emphasize just that dimension because there's something perhaps more specific at work here that, that, that should be underlined. There's a connection here, not just between capitalism and generosity, but between individualism and generosity. And why should that be? Well, it may well be for the seemingly paradoxical reason that once you acknowledge that each person is responsible for himself, you also end up acknowledging that no one has a right to sucker against the vagaries of fortune. Now, of course, you could just laugh at someone struck down by fortune, but you'd have to do so with more than half an eye to the fact that that unlucky person could one day be you too. A more sympathetic, and, and some might even say a more self-interested response could be to donate your time or your money or whatever to this unlucky person. Because you know that their misfortune wasn't necessarily their fault. And hopefully, they would do the same for you if the tables were turned. Once more, the connection between individualism and generosity is borne out by the evidence. The Charities Aid Foundation publishes an index of global altruism, and they find that across the world, we're actually becoming both more individualistic as well as more altruistic. Moreover, the countries that provide the most help to strangers include the five most individualistic countries, namely the US, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the UK. You know what? You've heard enough of me talking this year. So why don't you get out there to a Christmas market, give generously, and do so with gratitude for living in a society that prizes individualism and capitalism. And from all of us here at the Austrian Economic Center and Hayek Institute, have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you in 2023.